violence in collapse. Violence in a collapsing world, collapsing civilization. And I don't want to talk about my opinion or beliefs around an increase in violence, in violent rhetoric, in hate, hatred. I don't want to talk about solutions. I don't want to talk about any of those things because I am not someone who has any business talking about solutions or statistics or the nuanced complexities of violence within a complex civilization like America, like the West, like the global North, whatever, industrial, industrial civilization and violence. I do want to talk openly about violence and what has helped me to understand it and what has helped me to respond inwardly and outwardly. And I want to talk about that from a perspective of a very sensitive person, highly sensitive, and also as someone who feels a lot of rage at the violence. What's helped me to understand and and respond? So whether or not someone agrees with the narrative that there's increasing violence um, or there's not or there is in some ways and not in other ways all those nuanced conversations are important to explore and there are people out there who are doing it very well and in a grounded way and in a way that doesn't rely heavily on shenanigans the shady stuff, the uh, some of those political leanings and beliefs that I don't want to get involved in. Um, but there are people out there who are talking about it in really powerful ways, and that's important. It's important to look at, but I have no business being one of those people. That's not my wheelhouse. Um, but the bottom line is, whatever someone's beliefs or opinions or research they've done, books they've read, people they've listened to, politics, whatever. The bottom line is, this is a violent society and it always has been. Always. For the last 10,000 years, complex civilizations and now our industrial societies are inherently violent. And so what's helped me, the first thing I want to talk about is to go deeper into learning about complex civilization, humans creating complex civilization and the patterns of collapse, the trends and patterns of a collapsing civilization over human modern human history, like the last 10 or so thousand years, really, and how those patterns in a complex civilization, when it is collapsing, like ours is now, how those same trends and patterns 
show up over and over and over again. And so now at this point, with some bigger picture view in our modern lives, we can look back and see those patterns playing out right now. That it's really kind of the same story over and over and over again, 80 or 90 different complex civilizations, how they collapsed, what caused it, but how people behaved, how they reacted, how they responded, um, and the increases in, in craziness, the increases in violence, the, the way that played out and why and how. It's helped me to look at history. And seeing that in a collapsing civilization, violence and violent rhetoric and hatred increases and it continues to increase. That is not to suggest that people should just tune out, throw up their hands, bypass, avoid, say, oh well, that's just the way it is. No, it's so childish, so immature. No, no. But it is also important to get really clear and honest with ourselves, if that's the path we're on, of honesty and clarity, of seeing things as they truly are in our shared experience of this life. That stuff gets worse and it increases. That doesn't mean that you stop showing up and you just say, oh well, but it, you know, direct solutions to, to what is essentially a predicament, not a problem, but a wicked, a wicked problem, a hard problem, a predicament, as they like to call it in mathematics and other sciencey stuff, doesn't have a straight shot solution. So that means responding. That means adapting. And if you're a spiritual person, if you're a sensitive person, if you're someone that feels deeply and sees things clearly, that's rough. And that's really what this channel and what my website, I guess, is all about. How to respond, how to adapt, how to be resilient, and how to still be aligned within yourself and within your life and with your calling, whatever that might be. And still being fulfilled and still being joyful, even in the midst of more violence and hatred. But if you're looking at history like I am, and you're seeing that complex civilizations collapse, follows stages and patterns, and it's like happening all over again, it can really lead someone to, to ask deeply, like, why do humans constantly repeat the same stuff? Why do we never seem to learn from our stuff? But as I'm going deeper and learning more about these things, those answers are, are also more clear to me, answers about why. And one reason, just one, why we repeat over and over again, the same patterns, the same mistakes, um, is because we did not evolve as an animal, as a mammal here on earth to 
create and maintain complex civilizations. That's just not um, where our strengths lie, evolutionarily speaking. That doesn't mean that we can't adapt and, and that we don't have some of those skills or grow those skills or develop them, blah, blah, blah. Um, and just putting a pin in here, conversations around what evolution actually really means, not just biologically, but spiritually, is really important conversation to have. And I'm going deeper with that too, that evolution is in progress but it is adaptability. So anyway, why do we keep making the same same mistakes? Why can we never seem to, to crack out of those cycles? And one reason is because we didn't evolve to be in a complex civilization for many hundreds of thousands of years and also not just our species, Homo sapiens, but all the other hominid species that came alongside our species that were in existence and that were around even before, um, they, they, we descend from hunter-gatherer communities. And it looks like at this point, from what I've seen and read, that 150 humans hanging out together within a community was pretty much the, the extreme end of of a group of a community so not only are agricultural civilizations new very new 10,000 years is nothing it's a teeny tiny drop in in the deep time bucket of of earth but we're like ultra super duper <laughs> new just this century and parts of the last century with the advent of certain things that bring us even more connected and more of just one big global society. This is really, really new. We don't have the basics built in at that motherboard level. Motherboard, hard drive, software. You get where I'm going with that, right? It's not there. Um, and so living in this ultra, 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 ultra new, super duper new civilization as modern people really brings out behaviors that just make it even worse <laughs> to, to try to build and maintain a complex civilization. And one of those not awesome traits <laughs> that we have and that's really brought out and encouraged and developed is we suck at long-term planning and big picture view. We're pretty good in the moment, like averting harm in the moment. If there's a speeding car coming, what, like whatever, we're good in the moment, but we don't have a connection to the fundamental reality of actions and those actions having consequences. We don't see big picture, we don't see long-term, and we don't have an interconnectedness with all of life. And that means that we don't embody any kind of sense to our actions rippling throughout the complex systems and interconnection of life 
into future generations. Basically, what I'm saying is we don't have a spiritual basis for understanding and embodying that understanding of karma. We're not spiritually connected to um, indigenous ideals or wisdom and life ways of seven generations. Maybe you've you've heard of this, and I, I want to have a separate podcast about this because as a white person talking about indigenous wisdom, um, I need to be careful about that and mention resources and elders that I've learned from. But basically, we don't have any real true embodied connection to future generations, to past generations and future. We don't live in that seventh generation paradigm that indigenous people have and continue to have. We are really great at slurping up content around manifestation, instant gratification, what we want for our own individual lives, but there's really no true connection around generational impact. And we don't experience life as a generational chain and full of links and connections and interconnections. And we don't love. We're not in relationship with future and past connections, including those future connections or future generations of animals and plants and humans. So we keep cycling. Like we, it's, it's almost like um, when you see a little mouse that's been kept in like one of those little plastic cages, like a gerbil or a hamster. In that limited, reduced, super disconnected, individualized way of being and living. And that just keeps us in these little tiny, tiny stuck patterns and cycles and, and habits and tendencies. And for people on a spiritual path, sometimes you can stop and say something like, well, do we even have free will? Because it seems like we do, but also like we're so driven by subconscious patterns and tendencies and we really aren't what could be called conscious creators of our lives. What, what some people talk about in, in self-help and new age and, and the spiritual marketplace about being a conscious creator and being really aware of your subconscious patterns that keep you stuck. But even that doesn't go deep enough, in my opinion and experience. So yeah, becoming aware of those cycles and patterns that we carry within ourselves and maybe aren't aware of, that's great, that can help. But things can get sticky there too, definitely, because we're so addicted to a lot of those patterns and traits and behaviors. We don't want to let go of the identities connected to those patterns and habits. Or we might want to let them go, but they won't let go of us. That's what addiction is, right? Anyway, um, modern life and living just doesn't bring out the strengths 
the other traits that we definitely have also are better angels, I guess you could call it, like awareness and connection to the land. But those traits really can only shine and strengthen when we're out in the wilderness, not just talking about it, but actually doing it. And that's where someone can really experience firsthand the necessity, the requirement of being aware, of truly aware of your surroundings. And I'm connecting all of this to what helps me with violence, what helps me with living in a violent society. Um, it's this, it's, it's one way is becoming aware, which is already something that I have within me that you do too. And it's just weak and been disconnected, but being aware of the land around you and what's going on around you is incredibly practically helpful because if you're in a heightened sense of fear that you'll experience violence or someone around you will experience violence or just your nervous system is keyed up just in general because that would be normal that is normal when it seems like things are more violent and increasingly so having this awareness and connection to the land is um is really helpful it's really helpful because because you're able to to zoom out and really feel in your body more it's like um it's like it just you're not so stuck in your head and so being able to see better hear better notice more going on around you I wouldn't even say that it conveys a sense of more control it's not control it just feels safer somehow and it's it's a requirement when you're in the wilderness because you have to be able to zoom into detail and at the same t time zoom out and see the big picture all while remaining deeply relaxed. The burnout would come on super quick and super fast if we were suddenly hunter foragers again for whatever reason and we weren't able to be in a state of deep relaxation along with profound awareness and that might seem like a superhuman ability and it, I've even seen it kind of like talked about as like among the biohackers as a superhuman skill to be super aware and also super relaxed like intensely focused and super calm <laughs> but it isn't superhuman at all we all have it it's all there it's just soft. It hasn't been used. So developing that more, strengthening that inherent ability for awareness of the world around me, as well as being really, truly at rest within myself too. It sounds impossible 
and it sounds like something that could be easily picked apart or criticized, and it, and it can be, um, for any number of reasons. And I guess I don't want to go into that too much, except to say that if it sounds impossible, especially for people with a lot of sensitivity or a history of complex trauma, um, I am that person. And all I have to say to that is all the modalities and approaches out there for healing, for getting better, all the criticisms about those modalities for healing sensitivity and complex trauma or working with it or whatever, just being in nature and tending to my connection, my relationship with nature, it takes care of itself. Nature takes care of itself, especially when you are consciously attending to it. And I guess by that I mean my nervous system, and I think a lot of people's nervous systems just kind of reorient beautifully if they're allowed to just with a nature connection, reconnection, healthy relationship with nature. So anyway, another thing that helps me to respond, not solve, but just respond to increasing violence, what seems to be increasing violence, is discernment and boundaries. I've talked about those topics before, knowing what's right for you and what isn't right for you and setting, setting and maintaining boundaries with what isn't right for you. Those are really important skills, just in general, but especially in a violent culture, to have boundaries and discernment and um, to be really in tune with those skills so that um, you move forward in life in a way that is aligned for you. And I want to mention here again, I worked with the teacher last year. I've talked about this before. And one of the messages that she had was about how alignment is the greatest protection that we can have. Protection against wrong decisions that cost a lot, that have a lot of um, expensive consequences. When you're aligned within yourself and with life, that is a pretty great way to be and feel protected within a violent society. I'm not saying it's perfect, but it's foundational and it's tough to be aligned within yourself when the mind chatter and the mind-body complex chatter of the mental thinking and the way the body responds and the nervous system, it's all worked up. It's really tough to be in alignment. So you have to be able to listen and hear clearly and see clearly your own inner North Star. That's the key to alignment 
And I'll say that with violence and hate, it's a it's it's like a it's like a viral sickness. And viruses are really teeny tiny subtle things. So it's not always obvious how we can be infected. But it infects all of us in some way. And it's usually in a in a subtle way. There's the obvious ways, but there are there are a lot of subtle ways of being infected by a violence a violence virus. <laughs> And so I would mention here cleansing. I've also talked about cleansing in a blog and I think in a podcast recording. And it's important to learn more about spiritual cleansing because there's a lot of misinformation and distortions around what that is and what that means and how to go about doing that. And so I will always encourage people to go deeper. And I guess one more thing. Um... I was reading a book about civilization collapse. (laughs) I know it's, it's, it's not super fun, but it was great because the writer, um, referenced a paleoanthropologist. I had his name. I looked at the quote earlier and I forgot it. Sorry. But the quote was something, and I'm paraphrasing that early humans, our species, one of the first skills that we would have had to develop just for survival, basic survival skill, is a sense of humor. It's a sense of humor. And uh, it was so like a paleoanthropologist, nerd of the nerds, said that. So, um... I guess I'll leave you with that. And oh, there was another quote too that was really good about the Hopi prophecies. Again, another thing that requires going deeper, I I feel, I believe. Not just looking at memes or seeing how people relate that to aliens and and, and other entertainment stuff. It's not entertainment. Uh, But in that, in the the Hopi prophecies about these times specifically. There was another quote that said, um, like really the most important thing, one of the most important things anyway, for people alive in these times is to not take yourself seriously. And if you start taking yourself seriously, you're, um, you're just, you're not going to do well. You're not going to make it. And it's, going to blunt your spiritual deepening and adapting if you can't take yourself seriously. Okay, so please laugh. Animals are like a 24-7 comedy show. They do the funniest stuff all the time. So maybe just pay more attention to what animals are doing throughout your day and a little less attention to what um, what, what people are doing, but we're animals too. Remember that. Okay. Thanks for listening.